Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Mortcast, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Before we get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of a dairy block. Um, I went there this weekend for my birthday. Uh, I am now infinity years old. And uh, to celebrate my infinitieth year, uh, we went down to uh, Blanchard with a bunch of friends, who are all vaccinated. We sat outside, felt completely safe. The Dairy Block is really a fun, fun place to go down and have a safe, secure, uh, no-hassle time. And having that great varieties of wine that they got. I like personally like 2017 Cabernet. Uh, that's my bag. But they have a bunch of other wines that you can try. They've got uh, some selections of Colorado wines, which really, at this point, really needs your help. Um, the uh, Colorado wines have really suffered from a terrible drought this year. Uh, and on top of that, they had a big freeze a couple of years ago that really hurt their crop. So it's going to be, they really, these businesses need your support. Um, and Blanchard uh, gets these bottles and they really distribute them for, for you guys. So let's, uh, uh, that's part of their deal, their local Colorado business. Um, but you know, they've got their own selection from Sonoma County. You're going to enjoy all of them. Go to bfwdenver.com if you want to pick yourself up a bottle uh, for delivery. Or, you know, you can pick up a whole bunch of swag too. Remember, they're between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Go to bfwdenver.com to book an appointment, book a uh, reservation, which you can do, or you can get yourself some swag or pick up a bottle. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, all right, I got some thoughts on the finals, and they're not, they're, as, as usual with me, they're kind of a links to the past. Um, and I'm going to kind of give people a bit of a history lesson. Um, this is going to be an evergreen thing. Uh, the finals are uh, the game, to, as of this recording, there's... Um, Game six is tomorrow, um, but this is more an appreciation of um, Giannis and his anti-current model kind of superstar um, approach. And it, and I think one of the things I'm going to do, and I'm going to give you a history lesson, is to appreciate Shaquille O'Neal. Um, Shaquille O'Neal, when he came into the league, was um, completely different from the other big centers at the time. I consider the heyday of the center to be the 90s. Um, there was obviously Hakeem Olajuwon, who you know obviously came in at the 84 draft. Um, you also got David Robinson. You got Patrick Ewing. Um, you've got uh, who else? You got uh, you know obviously Shaq. Um, there was just the centers quote-unquote, dominated 
the league, um, not necessarily meeting in the finals, but they were dominating the league. Um, there was a whole bunch of all the, also sub sub superstar quality centers. Um, it was the it was the era of the centers, even though it was the Jordan era, if that makes any sense. And there's always that kind of delineation in um, in the NBA. There's always the everything that dominates, but the other there's the era that the the individual that you know dominates. So it's kind of like the LeBron era has been since basically since 2011. Um, there are, and the Kobe era was, you know, I, I really consider his era to be 2008 to 2010, um, because before that it was Shaquille O'Neal. Now when Shaquille O'Neal came in the league in 1992, um, he was an outlier even for a league that was starting to be dominated by center. He wasn't a drop step king like uh Patrick Ewing he wasn't a um uh didn't have a signature move like a dream shake um like uh Hakeem Olajuwon had um David Robinson was more of a kind of a big that you see nowadays he was a perimeter guy who he would start on the perimeter and he would uh drive to the basket he was stood out then he was more in the vein really honestly he was more in the vein of of uh, Giannis in that way at his peak at his peak um but Shaquille O'Neal was different he was an outlier um, he dominated with brute strength. Um, and as he got farther into his career, and I would say by his first finals uh, appearance with the Orla Orlando Magic in 1995, he became a little more skilled. Um, Shaq didn't really develop his passing until about 2003-4-ish. Um, because he had to, because he was largely out of shape, and there's just you can't write the story of Shaquille O'Neal without talking about how, after championship number one, he started caring less and less about the regular season. Uh, but there was a there was a period from 1992 to 2001 where the single most dominant player, aside from Michael Jordan, on the planet was Shaquille O'Neal. Um, his ability to be extremely efficient despite having one of the biggest flaws uh, I've ever seen of any superstar, an inability to hit free throws. Like, Wilt Chamberlain couldn't really, couldn't hit free throws. Um, but Wilt Chamberlain was a tremendous passer, and he got a ton of assists, and he was a just a monster on the offensive boards uh, when he wasn't playing Bill Russell. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal had this huge deficit, um, and which teams began exploiting into the late 90s, which is hack-a-shack. Particularly Don Nelson, who I believe, when he was coaching the Mavs, I believe that was his, he pioneered uh, the hack-a-shack, which is, I don't know if that's necessarily something you want to be known for. In the 2000 season, 1999-2000, I don't believe I've ever seen a more dominant season from a big man. And it was all from Shaquille O'Neal just hitting two-point shots and getting fouled a lot. Um, and we, we have this notion that our superstars need to be not flawed. Um, for the longest time, Michael Jordan couldn't uh, 
couldn't really hit a jump shot outside of, you know, most of his shots were drives. He had to develop uh, that that fadeaway mid-range shot. Um, a lot of the other superstars that have come up have had a flaw. Um, not everyone is perfect. And we kind of expect this. And Shaquille O'Neal had this major, major flaw, which was he couldn't hit free throws. And But he was the most efficient player, if we want to talk about that. And, and, and quite frankly, if we're going to talk about my gripes with the way the modern league is, it's the overemphasis on efficiency, which I think has kind of excluded good, very good players who aren't necessarily efficient. Uh, as long as they're not ball hogs, uh, I think you need players like that out there, people who are just good. Well, um, you know, you don't necessarily need a player who, like Michael Porter Jr., is going to hit 70%. You know, so Shaquille O'Neal comes in and he dominates in uh, 99-2000 in a way that was just overwhelming. You know, now obviously some of this had to do with the night by 2000-99-2000, Ewing was basically on his way out. Uh, Robinson was on his last legs. Um, you know, Tim Duncan, once again, 1997 comes in. Big man, but he wasn't, uh, I hate it when people call him a center. He wasn't a center. He was a power forward. Um, Kick comes in and, you know, uh, augments uh, um, David Robinson, and they become that two-headed monster, which uh, defeated the Lakers in the 90, swept the Lakers in 1999 um, uh, in that shortened season. And then the Lakers subsequently came back, and I believe they swept the Spurs, I think, the next year. And then the Spurs had... uh, uh, a difficult time until 2003 in defeating the Lakers. The O'Neal is just was a monster, an absolute monster, and he did it in a way where he wasn't chucking threes, but you could run your offense through him, and that's the beauty of the triangle. When Phil Jackson came in in 1999. He installed the triangle, which they probably ran 30% of the time. You know, like most triangle teams, you don't run it exclusively, except for the 94 Bulls. You really don't run a ton of triangle. Now, I think the Kobe era Bulls, uh, excuse me, the Kobe era Lakers from uh, Phil, Phil's return to, oh, as I say, basically when Pau Gasol got there to about 2011 were pretty heavily triangle for a while until Kobe would just break, you know, would break the triangle, basically. Uh, but he installed that, and there was not a player who, who thrived more in that than Shaquille O'Neal. That really unlocked him. And it subsequently, that resulted in his best season, which is one of the most, and I've said this over and over, he's one of the most dominant seasons I've ever seen. It was so dominant that the NBA in 2001 changed the rules to make sure he wasn't as dominant. Um, you know, obviously I've said this many times in the podcast, but, um, uh, you know, Shaquille O'Neal is one of the few players I've seen, uh, who got, uh, the rules changed specifically because of him. You may see that because of guys like James Harden and stuff like that. We're going to see it probably in this off season, some rules changes to help perimeter defenses, but, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, it was, you should call zone defense in the NBA, the fact that it's here uh, since 2001, uh, 20 years ago, you should you 
thank Shaquille O'Neal for that because uh, if it wasn't for him being so dominant and so unguardable and so unaf- and it's so un unable uh, to be officiated correctly, um, that is why you have it. But his efficiency and his brute force and his ability to get down low and score within two, four, five feet, he had a nice jump hook, was unbelievable. And it, it really kind of caused the league to struggle because the NBA wants to be a perimeter league and has been since the ABA-NBA merger. They have... They have deliberately emphasized spacing. And the outliers are the ones that frustrate the NBA rules books. Nikola Jokic frustrates the NBA rules people. It's because he's he's hard to officiate too. Because despite what people say, he's not a perimeter player. He's actually a guy who thrives in the mid-post. Um, and, uh, you know, at the top of the key. He's a guy that, that will... He can initiate on the perimeter, but you know he can get down low and gets fouled a ton, which they don't call. And this is going to bring me to Giannis Antetokounmpo and what he's been able to do in these playoffs. I will get to that on the other side, but first, I need to talk to you about DraftKings Sportsbook, and we will do that on the other side of the break. Now it's time to talk to you about DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Um, They have had a bunch of really, really good uh, promotions going lately through the basketball playoffs, through the hockey playoffs, through, you know, these UFC events. And they're going to keep that going with uh, the Olympics coming up, hopefully they actually happen, uh, in Tokyo. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for the, my listeners at CSG. Listen to this great offer. Place any event pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on the American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. 100 to 1 odds on an offer that, like this doesn't come around often. So sign up at DraftKings Sportsbook Act now to get in on all the action. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS. When you sign up, to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code MHS to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. For a limited time, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. You know, uh, watching Giannis and what he's done in the finals, it's, it, it struck me as an interesting correlation to Shaquille O'Neal and what Shaquille O'Neal was able to do. Now, you look at the two and you, do, you can't really draw any conclusion. You can't even draw a parallel. Uh, um, Shaquille O'Neal was a brute force monster uh, who doesn't get credit for the skills that he had. Giannis is uh, much more athletic uh, and uses his length to really add, you know, get in advantageous situations. Both of them have 
terrible free throw shooting. Both of them couldn't shoot jumpers. Um, both of them make their hay two feet from the basket. And I said before, NBA hates this. They hate it. They, they want the free-throwing, three-flowing, excuse me, perimeter-focused basketball with penetration using spacing. That's what the NBA wants. That's what they desire. That's why they altered the rules uh, several times over the course of 10 years in order to make this happen. And what you're seeing now is, I've said it before, if you have a player, the most efficient shot in the basketball is not a three-point shot. It's, it's a shot two feet from the basket. It's a layup. Uh, it's always two points, right? Unless you're Will Barton and you miss a layup, right? But there's, there's that's, that's an unprovoked shot of Will Barton. I, I, I apologize, Will. Um, but there are, there are just things that are certain. And Giannis is one of the greatest at just getting his thing. He's getting his shot. Um, and what you're seeing is that there's no accounting for Giannis in these playoffs. Kind of like you know, Nikola Jokic versus the uh, um, Los Angeles Clippers in the bubble, where you just knew that they didn't have an answer for him, and then he put in fourth one of the biggest, most dominating games I've ever seen from a big man, and he only scored 16 points in Game 7. It was like 16 points and 20 rebounds and like 13 assists or something like that. It was insane. It was it was one of those games where he like he could do whatever he wanted. And this Nuggets team benefited from having the unaccounted for player. Well, what's happening in this series is that is that the the Phoenix Suns over the course of this series, and this always happens in NBA history, where the variable that you can't account for will always rise to the top. It was the Nuggets in their series against the Suns. They couldn't account for Chris Paul. They actually did an okay job in Devin Booker. Uh, but they couldn't account for Chris Paul, who got whatever he wanted. Um, in this series, the constant is Giannis. And his ability to dominate in a way that is down low. He's not posting up, but he's getting all of his points two feet from the basket generally. And yes, he has a big struggle with hitting free throws. I don't know why the uh, Suns don't deliberately foul him more. Uh, I, I That's something for Monty Williams to answer, I guess. But there is a... When you look at the Phoenix Suns, you see a team that has no idea what to do with Giannis. Even though these games have been close, I mean, so let's be let's be honest here. The last two games, uh, games four and games five, were close. But the close aspect of this doesn't belie the fact that there is a constant, and the constant is always Giannis, and that allows people like Chris Middleton to hit those clutch shots. That allows people like uh, Drew Holiday to get a crazy steal and throw a crazy alley-oop to Giannis because, let's face it, the only person on the planet who's going to get this shot is Giannis Antetokounmpo. There is still a place in the NBA for guys like Shaquille O'Neal and like Giannis who can get their, their buckets down low and not have this be a um, to turn into a guy who you want to shoot threes. These are guys who 
are able, are so dominant at what they do, which is what you need, that the Phoenix Suns or insert random team can't account for it. And the team that actually came closest was the was the, the was the Nets, and the Nets, um, you know, if Durant doesn't step on the line are advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals. Keep that in mind. But the only teams that really, you know, that they just they can't account for a guy who's that dominant down low because a lot of times you just don't see it. DeAndre Ayton is not a guy who's really going to dominate in guarding Giannis. It is it is a problem that can't be solved, at least in this series, and that's what you want in your superstar. And that is why I draw the comparison between Giannis and Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal won three NBA Finals MVPs. And if the Bucks win this series, they are almost certainly going to have Giannis as the MVP. All right. And I've said before in regards to Jokic winning the regular season MVP, the ones that matter are uh, first-team All-NBA and Finals MVP. Those are the ones that matter. And whenever you look back on Shaquille O'Neal, you think that guy won three consecutive Finals MVPs, and you're looking at Giannis and Tintacupo, and he's doing it very similarly, very efficiently, and in the same way with enormous flaws. Because Giannis is probably the most flawed of the superstars. Uh, the fact that he was able to do this is incredible, and that makes him the unaccounted for variable. And if we're going to take anything from this, other than this being a weird pandemic year where a lot of teams were injured, is look at the fact that sometimes that unaccounted for variable means that you're just doing the simple stuff, getting those shots close to the basket. And maybe, maybe the NBA should reassess where it's going with perimeter players and think maybe we need to get more people like this in the league. All right, thank you all for joining me on Latest Mortcast. I'll be back Thursday with Hot Take Thursday. Hope you have a good one. Goodbye.